All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, and Tyler and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 151. We're back for the second time this week. A couple of days to digest, maybe calm down a little bit, look at the bigger picture, see if you can find the forest through the trees on free agency, but we'll get to it. First of all, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, as I always do every week. I tell you that you should go to Sherwood Ford to get your vehicle serviced. If you need some parts, maybe you just want a new whip. Again, Sherwood Ford, I know you're listening to this. I'm looking at my parking spot right now. There'd be no Bronco there. And there is also not a 1987 Ford Escort GT. As far as I know, none of those vehicles have shown up. I'm still patient. I believe in you guys. I know you're doing your best, but I'm telling you, the four of us, sorry, Tyler, you've been excluded. Mm -hmm. The four of us, because Waz is here, would look great driving Broncos and or 1987 Ford Escort GTs. Waz, you were not born in 1987, were you? No, no. (laughs) I didn't think so. But the Ford Escort <laughs> GT from that year is a classic car. I tell you, I promise you. I believe you. So I'm Bag Milk here with Rick, Nation Dan, and Waz. We're going to break down the week that was, or at least the last couple of days in Oilers land. Thanks again, Sherwood Ford, for making it happen. Follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. As we do each week, we start off with the Sherwood Ford giant question of the week. This week, because it's free agency, because it was the draft, because it was the expansion all in the last 10 days or whatever it was. My question to you gentlemen is, are the Oilers a better team today, Friday, July 30th, than they were when the season wrapped against Winnipeg? Are the Oilers better today than they were 
when the season wrapped against Winnipeg. I know Waz did a poll on Instagram for that yesterday. We'll get to the results of that after we're done here. I'm going to start off with Mr. Waz. You upgraded the Zoom call. Yeah. You upgraded the Zoom account today. No more piecing together the podcast. No. You're ready to go. Your take, sir. Are the Oilers better now than they were against Winnipeg? I think a little bit. I think uh, on the back end, of course, things are questionable, especially on the defense pairings. And goaltending has still been yet to be solved. But I like the forward group we have going. I'm, I'm interested to see what Fogel will bring. Um, Derek Ryan, Zach Hyman, uh, you know, the fact that Flames fans were sad that, uh, Derek Ryan left and that we signed him, that's a good sign. I like that. So, and Zach Hyman, it's kind of hard to, hard to hate him. And, uh, Fogel, like, uh, I've seen apparently good analytics. So I, I'm, I like what, how we've got the forward group shaping up. Uh, it's just questions. Can that defense core also kind of potentially get better as the season goes on? Dan, I'm coming to you next. You're next up on my screen. Are the Oilers better today than they were when they wrapped against Winnipeg? Well, I I, I hate black and white questions, but I'll answer the question because well, we're gonna we're gonna break Ford. this down in thirds yeah. after this. I respect first, Sherwood Ford too much general. not to answer it properly, and so my answer is yes. Uh, the the plain and simple answer is our forward group is the best forward group since Mark Messier was on this team, and and so for <laughs> me, I I know it's strong. I know. It's it's strong because I because we have McDavid and we have Drysaitel and so it's hard for anybody to, to discredit that opinion. But uh, this this team this group of forwards is better and therefore the pressure should be taken off of McDavid and Drysaitel to have to drive all the offense and they're going to be able to freewheel and have some fun with that. And the bottom six is going to be able to have some more fun too when the ice is opened up when McDavid and Drysaitel take the top matchups defensively. So, yes, the Edmonton Oilers are better today than they were at the end of the season. Ricardo, are the Oilers better? Yeah, no, yeah, I think I think the boys just hit it on the head there. It's, uh, they took, obviously, goaltending back a little bit. Same guys, different, I know, one year uh, later. So, a little bit of step back there. You look at the left side of the defense, I like that. The right side, it's question mark. But I think the way uh, the forwards advanced this year, adding a couple of big pieces, uh, can help situate other players who are here already into roles they're more fitted. Uh, I think in the overall, it does take our team to a, a better place than we were at the end of last year. I wish I had a better take to argue with somebody, but I honestly think the Oilers are better. I think they are. A big problem we had around these parts for a long time now, at least the last few years, at least, at the very least, was what happens with the forwards when Connor and Leon are not on the ice. When they're apart, you've got two lines that can push. A lot of times they're together. That leaves a big hole behind them when they're not on the ice. And for other teams, that makes life too easy. If you shut down Connor and you shut down Leon, nearly impossible, but you can try your best. And if you do it, it's a black hole for offense for a lot of the bottom six. And I think like Waz said, Warren Fogle is going to help. Derek Ryan's going to help. I've got a quote here from Ryan Pike about Derek Ryan. We're going to talk about him in a bit. I think that those guys are going to help. I wonder, I also wonder if there's going to be internal growth, like how much of a bounce back season is, is Nuge going to have? We would all agree. I think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins didn't have a great year last year. 
probably the pressure oh, yeah, of the contract. Uh, yeah. You know, he was still on pace for like 50 points or so, but a lot that was all power play, right? Historically, he's much better at five on five than he was last year. Is it reasonable to expect a bounce back from Ryan Nugent Hopkins? I think so. 100%. Is it reasonable to expect a bounce back from Kaylor Yamamoto? It's not to say he was bad. The work ethic's always there with Yamamoto. He just couldn't finish. Is that reasonable to expect he'll be better? Yeah, I think it is. What about Pooley Arvey? If he produces at the exact same rate he did last year, that's the what a 15 16 17 goal season over the full year i yeah. think he's gonna be fine so be i do believe that, he, had, he had around that many goals to begin with he had like 15 yeah, 16 remember. anyway so yeah he'd be like 22 23 i'd say all i know is i won some money on pooley Harvey last year because i bet on him on the over whoop, whoop. but i do what was the over play. was at eight yeah it was like eight and a half or something fucking oh, hammer that so over weird. all day uh i just i think they're gonna be better but I also think there are questions. So let's get into it. If all four of us are in agreement that the forward group is better than it was last year, let's move on to the other two thirds of the lineup. If you want to break it down that way, Dan, I'm starting with you. Let's look at the defense. Adam Larson is an absolutely huge hole to fill. And I think that this year we're going to get an appreciation for how good he was at his job, but they brought in Cody Cece. Evan Bouchard, dad is ready to take a step up, probably. Tyson Berry's back. We're going to talk about his new deal some more. Dan, what about the defense? Uh, for me, on the the entire back end, and I'll answer that, of course, when we talk about the goalies, it, my only issue is the, the number of gambles that we've made uh, just kind of set you up for one of those gambles not working out. Uh, we've seen it in the past. Ken Holland is a gambler. He likes to uh, – he, he has his opinions, and sometimes they're not – they don't, they go against the grain of what, you know, the analytics crowd says, or what the eye test crowd says. There are Ken Holland's opinions. We saw it with Mike Smith last year. I think everybody on this podcast kind of felt like we were looking at, uh, you know, a, a tandem that wasn't going to be together by mid season. And, and there was going to be another goalie brought in to kind of solidify that role. Mike Smith made that not necessary. Uh, for me, the Duncan Keith edition paired with Cody CC, I think is actually going to be sneaky. Good. Uh, I, I just when I when I think about those two guys as players, I don't think Keith is as bad as as his numbers have shown. I I'm I'm happy or you know I'm I'll be upset if I'm wrong, but that's just the way I feel about it. Uh, and then CC, yeah, he's just hasn't been an analytics darling for for his entire career, um, but his numbers have trended up even there with Pittsburgh. So I, I think that that's going to be a good little pairing. Uh, I have, I have concerns with Tyson Berry coming back when the, you know, when it causes the the other dominoes to fall that it made happen. Uh, and, and if, and if a CC does falter as a defenseman, then you're asking too much of Bouchard, in my opinion, for, for this early on, especially where they haven't wanted to have him in playing as much as, uh, as I would have liked to have seen previously. So uh, yeah, for me on the defense, it's just a lot of, a lot of gambles isolated that then could become a major issue if they start to not go your way. I'll jump in. I think the defense is going to be the biggest question mark on the team. Uh, outside of actually, no, I'm going to take that back. The goaltending is a real <laughs> problem for me. I think, <laughs> I think the defense has the chance to outperform expectations. I really, really do. But you're going to need Duncan Keith to look more like Duncan Keith than Duncan Keith has looked like Duncan Keith. You're going to need Cody Cece to make sure that he's building on that strong season he had in Pittsburgh last year. And you're going to need, I think the big wild card on defense is, is dad. 
how good is Evan Bouchard going to be? Because he didn't play a whole lot last year. Personally, I found it annoying that he wasn't in the AHL. I get it. Different season. Waivers were a concern. There's the quarantine, the blue, blue, blah. I get all that. But how good is Evan Bouchard going to be? He's going to be able to hold his own fine on the third pairing. I, I believe that strongly. But as the year goes on, as we get to Christmas, uh, to the Olympic break, is he pu- has he pushed himself up on the depth chart? Maybe from that 3RD spot to two or heaven forbid Dan what if he gets to one now that's a lot of pressure on the kid but I think he's the biggest wild card Rick if you're looking at the defense are they better or are they worse or are they roughly the same you know I'm going to come down and say they're I think they're both roughly the same I think Darnell probably both the same I do think Keith is a step up on Jones I don't think anybody can really argue that over just last year uh, Jones didn't play all that much um, yeah, I just, I see that being a step up. I would like to see somebody added at the, uh, third LD. Um, I'd prefer that Russell be, uh, number seven. So I'm going to go through the rest of the summer, hoping we bring somebody in who is a little more situated for that spot. And then on the right side, I think Barry, it's reasonable to expect the same type of numbers from him. Um, the bear thing, I think is a lot more to it than what everyone's just sees in terms of Barry coming in. I think there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that also went into this. Um, and I, I think, you know what, I think Bouchard, uh, he was ready for this spot last year. It was a weird year. Um, they didn't want to roll, what, it'd be three young defensemen at the time. So he kind of just got a little bit screwed there in the situation. And then with COVID, and you know, he played he played in, uh, in Europe. So he felt he had enough time, didn't really want to go play in the AHL, which I get. Uh, yeah, of course, you'd like to see him play more uh, competitive hockey, but hey, it is what it is. I think a young guy like that, he'll be able to bounce back pretty quickly. And uh, I see him advancing in, in the season to the point where we have two first or two second line right-handed defensemen, where I think if you had him or CC play in that spot, you'd be okay with it. And I think that fact that one of those two will have to play the third is going to give us an advancement in, in that is that with two two number twos and one has to play a three. So he's going to have a better, uh, a better quality of, of competition down there. So I think it's, it's going to be close. I think that the potential being better, there's always the risk of being uh, of a couple of things not working, but I think, uh, I think it'll be just as good, if not better. And then goaltending terrifies me right now. We're going to talk about that next, mm-hmm. but first, Mr. Waz, what do you think about the D? Um, I think I got, maybe roughly a little worse with uh, removing Larson. I'm excited to see what Cody Cece can bring. I I mean, I heard he had a good season in Pittsburgh, uh, so maybe we can uh, have that uh, come back under the Oilers. I'm, I'm excited to see, I think it was Cam uh, who mentioned in the last podcast how he thinks uh, Evan Bouchard is really the X factor as a defense this year, and if he can really have that breakout season. And I'm hoping that, you know, you know the trade, the acquisition of Duncan Keith can actually help him take the pressure off the shoulders that he thinks he has and help him mentally. You know, I think we, we talked about before how Duncan Keith was kind of brought in not only to help the team, but also with the mentorship side of things with a young player like Evan Bouchard. So I really hope that Duncan Keith can really keep Evan Bouchard on his feet and just consistently perform. I hope that too. I mean, that was what we were kind of sold, right? When Duncan Keith was traded for is the intangibles that he's going to bring into the room and the work ethic and the experience and the blah, blah, blah. How much is that going to matter? Because this is a year where he has got a guy on his defensive group in Bouchard that if you're going to teach anybody around here, 
please make it him because we need this kid. That uh, with Bear gone, the right side of the defense is a little bit more shallow than it was on the left side, still a little bit deeper, uh, even with Jones gone. But I think that the defense is going to be interesting to watch. But in terms of interesting to watch and outright terrifying at times, what about the goaltending boys? Because if we're looking at it, Last year, 56-game season, we're back to 82. Mike Smith's not going to play every night. Ken Holland talked about it in his press where he's like, listen, we're, we're traveling. It's not three games in a single city anymore this year, outside of at home, of course. And it's going to be just different. You're going to be need two goalies going. So, Dan, I'm starting with you. I've seen you on Twitter. You're, you're worried about it. I'm with you. Your thoughts on the, on the goaltending. Well, again, it's it just it, it, like I said, Ken Holland has had a propensity with the Edmonton Oilers to be a gambling man, and at this point, we can't be gambling anymore. And this was supposed to be the summer where the gambles were going to end, uh, you know. And and now we're looking at another summer where Ken Holland kind of, you know, threw a couple irons in the fire, had a had a couple goalies that he wanted, and he didn't land them, and so now we're being sold the bag of goods that. There's no goalie out there that's better than Miko Koskinen for us to be able to pick up, which is troubling to me. Um, I, I think that the, the organization just needs to move on. The book has been written on Miko Koskinen. Teams know how to beat Miko Koskinen, and he is not consistent. He wasn't very good while he was the number one guy for us. And by the way, Mike Smith has been injured two out of the last two years uh, for, for a stint at least. So, so you're expecting Miko Koskinen to have to be a starter at some point, likely. Um, and then, yeah, you get to the Mike Smith side of things. And again, it's just, you know, there's a guy that Tippett trusts. But again, he has been injured the last two seasons that he's played for the Evans Oilers. He played through an injury in the December of 2019 that we all just kind of were shaking our heads at his performance. And he figured it out into January and into February and it was continuing on fine. But, you know, I, I don't know. We're just, we're gambling a lot. And if one of those gambles doesn't turn out well, the next gamble is going to be affected by that as well. So I, I'm, I'm just not sold on it right now. We need something different. Goaltending to me is the most important position in hockey because if your goaltender look at, I mean, look at Montreal, Carey price stood on his head at the perfect time and it sent them to the Stanley cup finals. However, on the flip side, and I'm not saying that the, that Mike Smith was bad during the playoffs. I'm not saying that at all, but what I'm saying is you, if you don't have full trust in your goaltending duo, and I, again, I think that the boys probably have a lot of trust in Mike Smith at this point, but when you look at Miko, I don't know if the same can be said about a goaltender number two, they're playing tighter. They got to be back more. They got to feel like they're covering up more. They can't just be themselves offensively with the puck. They can't get creative and weird with it. If they think that a giveaway is going to end up in the back of the net, can Miko solve it? Maybe. You know, like, I mean, his stats when he's not playing every single night are much, much better, which would be the case with Mike Smith leading the charge this year. But I would feel way more comfortable, way more comfortable if we were able to upgrade in that position. Because I think that there are questions on defense. I think it's going to be fine. I don't think it's a big disaster like some of the the spreadsheet boys are, are saying. It could be, but I don't think it will be. Goaltending, though, if your goaltending is not rock solid, that can sewer a season very, very quickly. Rick, your thoughts on Smith and Costco coming back as a potentially coming back as a duo? 
Yeah, it's terrifying, but I think there's a little bit of bias in my in my memory. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I thought. What, I did you remember a guy letting four goals on four shots? Is that just kind of something, buried in there some, somewhere? So, yeah, something like that. I don't really remember what it was. <laughs> it just made me feel really ill really quick. Um, I thought uh, I thought I heard on the radio yesterday that Oilers goal the Oilers uh, save percentage was seventh amongst all all teams last year. Um, if that's what it was, then hey, get a seventh again. And I think we're all thumbs up. Um, obviously, in the playoffs, things were a little bit different. Uh, there was a whole bunch of things that just kind of went bad for us there. I would really prefer not having these two. I'd really prefer not having Miko there. But at the same time, I'm, I, I don't want to spend too much in terms of, of a replacement if it's not really that much better, right? So this Corpusalo stuff we're hearing is ridiculous. That's through the roof. That's way too much to spend. Um, for a goaltender who's the goaltender whose numbers have been less than Miko's the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know what, and I give, and this is going to sound weird, but I give Colin credit and not overpaying for somebody, uh, the Darcy Kemper trade for what we would, what it cost us to make that trade. I don't think any of us would have been happy with that, especially the fact that dude only had a one year con one year left on his contract. So I think he's, and I think he's done this for three years in a row. And I think, it's good and bad, I suppose, but I, 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 he does not want to overspend, which is I'm all thumbs up for. He's not really been too bad with the UFA contracts. Two guys that brought in don't have any type of clauses for their contracts in terms of movement, right? CC Barry, there are no clauses on the, on their contracts in terms of movement. Um, I, that's, that's great. Uh, those things are handed out like, uh, like candy before. So I, I, I give Holland credit here in, holding back but i do think he's missed on a couple on a couple of goaltenders out there uh if this is what we have to do going in then i it's what we have to do it's not my preference but i don't think it's the end of the world um i just i don't want to see us make a move to just to make a move if the goaltender is not better like if we know what we have in miko uh you can't spend uh miko the first and samarukov to bring in corpus Allo. uh he's got his numbers aren't there to prove it. They're not better than Miko's. There's that would just be a silly trade in my mind. So it sucks, but we might be stuck with this going forward. But if they were seventh overall as a team, man, you gotta like that. I just we remember bits and pieces that make us ill, but there was there was obviously was good in there too. So it's it's one of those weird things where you want to see some change, but I don't want to see change just to see change. I want to see change to see improvement. And if we can't improve on it, then I think we have to sit back and wait another year. We're going to get into the Corpus Isle rumor here in a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Bixler's Jewelers. They are America's first jeweler. Founded in 1785, nearly as old as America itself, Bixler's was established in Pennsylvania, and they have licensed jewelers. Whether you're looking for a ring, maybe an Oilers ring, look real nice on you. I promise. Bixler's Jewelers is where it's at. Dan, we have a promo code, yes? We do. It's, uh, as you mentioned, they have, they have the, they are the official jeweler for the NHL as well as making NHL hockey mom jewelry. Uh, and if you are looking to purchase any of that NHL licensed uh, high quality, the finest quality you can get in jewelry, uh, you're actually going to be able to use a promo code until the end of this month, which ends tomorrow, uh, using the promo code Nation 10 
at checkout and that'll get you 10% off of that jewelry. So if you're looking, looking for a gift for somebody coming up in the near future, or even, you know, able to, to budget ahead of time, use that promo code Bixler's nation 10 and get yourself 10% off of officially licensed jewelry. All right. So Rick talked about it a little bit, but rumor came out from the DFO rundown today from Frank Saravalli that Ken Holland there was a conversation with Columbus about Jonas Corposalo. The deal would have been Koskinen, a first, and Samorukov. That is a big ticket for Corposalo. Let me read some stats here from last year. 33 games played, 9-13-7 and seven with an 8-94. And you're like, wait a minute, is that Koskinen's numbers? No, that's Corposalo's numbers. In fact, Koskinen went 13-13-0 with an 8-99. The year before, Koskinen was at a 9.17, again, better than Corpusalo. So my question to you, gentlemen, why, like, look, I want an upgrade in that too. But the key word of that sentence is upgrade. That is a big ticket for a guy who is admittedly younger, will need a new contract in a year. And the stats aren't even equivalent to the guy we're trying to get rid of. So, Waz, how does this make sense? Um, I don't think it makes much sense, especially with how much you're giving up. Um, uh, Sam Rukov, I don't know if we want to deal him because, like, I feel like we're kind of limited on terms of, like, defensive prospects already. I mean, yeah, we have Philip Roberg, Sam Rukov, and then maybe what else? It feels very limited compared to the forward group we have coming through. So, and then, then the numbers are also, it's just like, it just seems like we're just trying to find a way to get rid of that anchor of a contract, which is Koskinen. Fair enough. Thank you, Peter Trelli. Um, so I, it's like, I'm, I'm open to the idea, but is, is it really, I feel like Ken Holland should have been trying to fit, uh, fetch another goalie throw free agency as early as possible. So I, I, the, the deal itself just doesn't look good, especially with those numbers. And for also fun fact, Corpus Allo was also a part of the goal that, uh, McDavid scored on his return, uh, back in his rookie season that, the, the highlight oh, real fun. goal. Yeah. So, uh, I, I hope that's, uh, it's not haunting him still. So yeah. I just think that, again, if you're going to look to upgrade, upgrade is the key word of the sentence. In a, a package like that, like, there's one year left on Miko. So, like, yes, I agree that you want to get rid of the contract probably, but if you're going to pay that much plus futures just to get rid of this one year on a guy who's maybe an upgrade, but statistically not really, I don't get it, Dan. Well, the only, the only advantage that you see uh, is if you go to puckpedia.com and you look at their salary cap numbers uh, for this year and this year alone. And that's the, that's, but the that's, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay like either you're giving Sam Rukov plus the first to save yourself just under $2 million, which in the long run I'm not doing, or yep. you try and eat part of the contract. But in fact, but either way, the goaltender itself is not proven to be better than the goaltender here. Therefore, I just, I, I can't no, see that trade. Even if you're going to do that trade, it better be Merz Lincoln's. But, well, that's for yeah, a so. first in Sam Rukov, man, Mer, Elvis is Elvis is more than that. If I'm not mistaken in terms of salary, but uh, I would almost want somebody a little bit better than Elvis. If that's the case. And I could see that too, but I'm just talking specifically about the Columbus blue jackets. Like yeah, if you're going to do fair. that package, Corpus Allo ain't it. Elvis no. Merz Lincoln's makes less than Miko Koskinen as well. 4 million. Oh, does he have a new contract coming he's, up or no? He's Yeah, he's also a free agent next year. So again, like that's also a, a big part of this, right? If they're both needing new contracts next year, man, you got to be careful here. 
Well, thanks you to could the lose Colorado either one either way. Thanks to the Colorado Avalanche for setting that price for this summer. Um, you know, it, I, and I think that that's kind of where I was going to go with my answer is just to say that, you know, if if that's the cost of acquisition, then yes, you don't you don't need to make those those trades right now. Um, there's enough there's enough goalies available out there that you could make a move for that you don't ha- like you shouldn't have to pay that much. But if that's the if people think that the Colorado Avalanche's desperation to get Darcy Kemper is an indication of, you know, the scarcity of goalies, then sure. We'll wait well, until the deadline. When we left off on Wednesday with the free agency emergency podcast, we were on goalie watch for Darcy Kemper when we ended off. Obviously he went to Colorado. So I text Gregor after this Corpusala news came out and I'm like, Gregor, do you have, what were, what were the coyotes looking for from the Oilers? And this is what he says. They were looking for a first, a top prospect, and something else. Colorado gave up a first and Timmins, and Arizona retained a million bucks. Koskinen would have been an extra $3.5 million over top of Timmins. So they would have had to add more than what Colorado gave up. Now, with that said, are we happy that Darcy Kemper ended up in Colorado as opposed to ending up in Edmonton? I'm happy we didn't spend that price, mm-hmm. so yes. Because, because yeah, like Gregor's, Gregor's offer is obviously, you know, what he would, or what he has surmised is the, is the final offer from the Oilers. So yeah, you would have had to have gone further than, than what the level of Timmins is. I don't know much about Timmins, but from what I've heard, people are quite high on him. So, so therefore, you know, then you're looking at maybe a Broberg instead of a Samarokov, which is just, just a no, a non-starter in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm not I'm not overly upset, and and to the point of to the point of you know what you guys were talking about when it comes to having expiring contracts, Colorado's in the position where they can make those kinds of moves because because it is now or never kind of thing with them, um, and so you know we 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 have four years to to figure this stuff out, we don't have to make that transaction for a guy that that is ready tomorrow. Um, and hopefully we can compete with a Colorado and once we get to that level of uh, that level of the playoffs, but we haven't even got that far yet. So goaltending can improve, but you don't need to pay that cost of acquisition. I wonder gentlemen, then would you be more interested in Alex Gorgiev from the New York Rangers, our own colleague and friend of everyone, except the NHL on expansion night, Frank Saravalli says that he has asked for a trade out of New York because he's just not going to get the chance that he feels he deserves. Last year in 2020, or 2021, I should say, he played 19 games, went 8-7-2 with a 9.05. Didn't play a whole lot. Minor upgrade over Koskinen's numbers at 0.06 in the save percentage. He's younger. He's only 25. The last couple seasons before this one, he had a higher percentage, uh, save percentage. He did a 914 in 2018-19 and a 910 in 2019-2020. Would Gorgiev be a guy that you'd be more interested in rather than a Corpus Allo? Let's just Let's just say that's the package. Same price the, tag? Same hmm. price tag. Yeah. Let's just I assume just, that. And I just throw out there two bag milk as, as according to puckpedia.com. Gorgiev makes 2.4 million this year, and then he's an RFA next year. And uh, team control, oh yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so, team control. Now that Dan said that, you'd probably have to give up more. Maybe it's not Samorukov. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. I'm just I'm bullshitting. But Samarukov for the purpose of the podcast, maybe. 
for the purpose of the podcast, let's just make the price tag consistent. Would you do that for a guy like Gorgiev? I need to do some more research because I saw yeah. a tweet earlier today that said something about him not being a very good teammate. Um, that they really didn't get along with guys in the, in the dressing room. Well, to that and one, so I don't he, want was, to bring, he was involved uh, in the exchange with Tony D'Angelo, allegedly. Huh. Yeah, and that's fair. Like, it is what it is. But, I mean, I have no idea exactly what happened there. It's the dressing room. Um, it's a different planet. Weird things happen in there. I get it. So, I'm not going to judge anybody too much there uh, unless it comes out as really egregious. But I, just in general, this was I don't think they were referring to that at all. I think they were just re- referring to the fact that, you know, maybe he's just not a great teammate. And I just don't know if you want that type of a, of a, of a person in this dressing room right now. It's, it's inter- How old is he again? 25. 23 or something. 25. Well, then I think why go for Gorgiev when you can maybe take your chances on Konvalov in the system already? He put up good numbers in the KHL. If he has a good training camp, good preseason, I feel like he maybe... Yeah, I feel I feel like if they were gonna do that, they'd more likely stick with Staylock that's actually played in the NHL before. Okay. I, I don't know if breaking in a goalie and I don't know if breaking in a goalie in North America for his first season over would be the in the NHL would be the best idea for a team that needs to win now. Well, and it's no, it's I think happened... Skinner starts here before um Kyle Ball or whatever that opportunity. It's happened a few times in the NHL recently. The Islanders with Sorokin. Uh there's another one that is at the top of my head. It was the was it the Capitals with Vitalov, yeah, Sam, um, Samsonov, maybe or Samsonov, Samsonov. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's happened a few times recently, but yeah, traditionally, and and this is the funny thing I think as Oilers fans is we've I I personally have have forgotten what it's like to develop a goaltender. Yes. Yeah, so I I don't know what the path of least resistance is, but it looks like uh, Konovalov will be the goalie in Baco this year, and then you know. And then hopefully. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think I would, I'd probably put, start him off in, in the ECHL. So he gets all the games there. Skinner gets all the games because he's right now he has to be ahead just in the list, just because of oh, games played and what they've seen him. Um, that obviously can change whether it be game one, two or three or four. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where I start him. I think I start kind of all up down in the ECHL. So he gets all the games. There is no sharing duty. And Olivier Rodriguez gets kind of the, uh, the kick in the shin by having the backup Skinner. It can be interesting. Like developing a goalie is obviously voodoo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows when or if any of these guys are going to make the show. But what I do know is that the Oilers need to pro- need to get this sorted now. And another maybe in net. I don't know if that's the best idea. So if you were to bet, let's just do this. Let's. This is how we'll end it off. If you were to bet today, you've got fifty dollars of Jay Downton's money. Are you gonna? I know it's a big ticket. Are you going to bet that on the same goaltending duo or is Mike Smith going to have another partner in crime when we start in October? I'm going to start with Rick. Um, based on everything we've seen so far, price tags and whatnot, I'm going to say we are rolling with Miko and Mike Smith. We've got Jay's money going on Miko and Mike Smith from Rick. Dan, your thoughts with Jay's money, of course. Uh, I want to, I think it's going to be Gorgiev. I think we bring in Gorgiev. Okay, wow. Dan thinks Dan's betting Jay's money on a trade. So, so yeah. So, sorry, Smith, Smith and Gorgiev, obviously. Dan's betting on a trade. I, I like, like it. Waz, what do you think? Waz, you're spending Jay's money now. What do you got? Ooh, um, I'm gonna go. Honestly, I think I could see that Corpusalo deal coming through simply just because Ken Holland has made some questionable trades as of late. So, I can see that trend staying the same. 
Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So I'll spend Jay's money on uh, Corpus Al come to Edmonton for something. I'm gonna, for, yeah. I'm gonna spend Jay's money. I'm with Rick. So we got a hundred dollar pool on the same duo coming back. I'm not gonna say I like it, no. but uh, that's where we're at. So if you, but you do like it ahead of either one of those trades. Yeah, I just, I mean, like, I can't, I can't get behind trading that many futures for a guy who's not a clear upgrade. If if you make the trade there. Like, again, this wouldn't happen. Columbus would never do this. But, like, if it was just Miko straight across for Corpusalo, then, okay, you get that conversation. I would do that with a bit of uh, – eat some of – Even a sweetener. I'll eat some of Miko's money. Or yeah. Make yeah, it even. I don't know if the first and the Sam Rukov are not or – Yeah, that's sorry, exactly. Off the that's, table. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I know two and three are out of the are out of the question because of the Keith, the trade. Keith trade. So, four probably doesn't get it done. So whatever, I don't know what the next draft is, like 2027 or something like that. I'll throw in the third round pick there. But I mean, that's about as high as I'm going. That's me too. Like, I just, I can't trade that much for a guy who's not, when you look at that, if you looked at him coming in and you just went, oh, fuck, that's a trade. Like, I just, I can't give up that much for a guy whose numbers aren't even as good as the guy you're trying to get rid of. And I, like, I just, I just can't buy that. I'm not even that high on Sam Rokoff. Like, that's not, he's not like, I, like I, I already have him slotted behind Broberg, but, but you know, in saying that, yeah, I, I just I think that like if that deal was going for Greg Gorgiev, I don't think we're upset with that. But again, we're we're talking about a guy that has control, so it's probably going to cost a little bit more. And also, if you're talking about if you're listening to this right now, dear listener, and you're getting mad at your radio slash car wherever you're listening, uh, send your negative emails to Dan, Dan at OilersNation.com. He likes why? Them. Okay, because I said um, I was going to take Gorgiev. And if you want to send your tasteful nudes, as always, send those to Tyler at OilersNation.com. Make sure they're tasteful. He doesn't want any scrubby nudes. I'm telling you. I've been sending them. He rejects them all. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton. They've got all the insurance products you need, be it auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever. Got a claim to make? Cornerstone. Need payment info? Help? Cornerstone. You want a discount on your insurance? Cornerstone. On the left-hand side of your screen at cornerstoneins.ca, there's a little tab that says Citizens of the Nation. You click on that, get yourself a discount. Who doesn't like discounts? I do. I'm very cheap, and I like discounts. Thank you, Cornerstone, for making my insurance cheaper than it was. I appreciate you. Again, cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca. When we left off on Wednesday... We were in goalie watch, but what we did not know is that shortly after the Oilers would sign Derek Ryan to a two-year contract with a $1.25 million cap hit per season. It's a cheaper deal, quality depth player. The interesting thing about it though, is that friend of the podcast, friend of the nation, friend to everybody, Frank Saravalli actually broke the signing mid Ken Holland podcast or a, a Ken Holland should do yes, a sir. podcast. You know what? It would be, I would listen to we'll that. We'll bring him on. It would be wild. Ken, if well, you want to come on, the podcast, on this one, yeah. we won't. Oh we God. promise we won't ask you about LTIR. I swear we won't ask you about it. But if you we want to explain it, we don't have enough tape for that. No, we did we upgrade the Zoom tape. account, <laughs> but we don't That's know true. if we've upgraded the Zoom account large enough for get, a full LTIR selection get, or breakdown. I don't know. We get one of those Netflix messages. It's like, are you still listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> so we got Derek Ryan. I want to know your thoughts on it. But first, 
this is, we're talking about a depth player here. We're talking about a guy who's going to be three C, four C, maybe three C is a little bit above his head, but he might fill in there while you just kind of, you know, kind of blocking from a cloud a little bit, maybe as of today, we'll see. We asked friend of the nation editor at flames nation, Ryan Pike, because he's coming from the flames. Tell us about Derek Ryan, Ryan Pike. And when Ryan Pike likes a player, that left the flames and is sad that he came to the Oilers. That's good news in general. But here's what he said about Derek Ryan. He said, Derek Ryan is a really reliable bottom six forward. He doesn't have a lot of flash to his game, but he's supremely steady and predictable. He kills penalties well. He's good right right side face-off option and will provide you with 10 to 12 minutes a night of anxiety-free hockey. His lack of flash is probably why he's a fourth-line guy, but he's a really strong depth player. So last year, 43 games, Derek Ryan only had two goals and 11 assists for 13 points, but that was his worst season in four years. That was his worst uh, production rate in the NHL ever, actually. The year before that, in 68 games, he had 29 points, 10 goals and 19 assists. And if we get somewhere back into that range, now all of a sudden we're talking about a bottom six guy that can help on the PK, can win draws, and chip in with a little bit of offense. Gentlemen, your thoughts on Derek Ryan? Quality depth signing, in my opinion, I like it. If Ryan Pike likes it, I like it. Rick? Yeah, like you said, man, quality depth signing. Um, something we've always missed, been missing for, for quite some time. Um, I like the idea of having some event-free minutes on the ice when Connor and Leon are off. Uh, that's, you know, that caught my ear right away. That's what uh, hit me, too. Yeah, like, you know, it gets kind of worrisome when they leave. So if you can get me some event, like non-eventful minutes, well, man, call me, uh, sign me up. So, yeah, no, I like it. It's cheap price. Um, sure, he's got ties to the town and whatnot. Uh, he's, yeah, he's good at what he does, and he's going to fit a role here that we've needed for a long time. So, Dan, your thoughts on Derek Ryan? Again, we're talking about a cheap depth signing, but a guy, by all accounts, that's quite effective. Yeah, so... My theme, of course, with my issues with the defense and goalie is just the gambling. With Derek Ryan, you're not gambling. Uh, and what you're doing is is something that we haven't had for a while, which is creating some real good uh, real good competition for that bottom six. Kyle Turris stayed in Edmonton, worked really hard to try and still be an Edmonton Oiler. Devin Shores back in town, loved his effort, loved his gumption, loved all every little thing about his uh, about his game uh, in the off season or sorry in the in the last season. So, you're, you've got some really good bets on on players in the bottom six now. There's not a lot of question marks. Sure, he wasn't the number one option for us or the number one hope for a, for a lot of us. I think I think everybody was kind of hopeful about Getzlaff coming in at a not at a good number. No, not, not at that price. I, no, no, hundred percent. That's that's where I said, yeah, good number for sure. I, yeah, if we brought in Ryan Getzlaff at the same number we brought in Derek Ryan, everybody's over the moon about that acquisition. But Derek Ryan, solid player, going to win you some face-offs, and that's something that's super important for this team. Waz, do you like yourself a Derek Ryan pickup? Oh, definitely. I like the fact that it will create uh, competition as well between you know, Kyle Turris and Ryan McLeod, potentially. So I think that's always good. I, I like healthy competition. Um, I'm just – especially with uh, losing Jujar Kyra, uh, Kara, uh, I think that's a pr- reasonable replacement. So the contract's fine. No issues really around it. I, I don't see any issues of bringing Derek Ryan, especially if playing fans are sad that he's coming here and he's a good signing. So that's good. 
I think that that's a big part of it, right? Is when you look at a player like Derek Ryan, the team that le- that he left, if they're like, ah, shit, I can't believe he went to Edmonton. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Right? Another Sad thing Flames I Flames wanna... fans are my favorite Flames fans. Those are the best ones. They're the best ones. Another guy who their fan base, former fan base, is upset that he's left is our boy Zach Hyman. And I got to tell you, contract aside, you can argue about it if you want. I'm not going to. Not today. I am looking at a guy. Watch highlights from this guy. He is a dog on a bone when it comes to the puck. I tweeted yesterday a OT shift that he had against the Los Angeles Kings from a couple of years ago where he was one on four. He took on the entire Kings lineup. He didn't, he didn't score on the play, but fuck me. If he wasn't tenacious on the puck, it was a lot of fun to watch. And gentlemen, I just want to read you guys a couple of quotes. If we're talking about flames fans being sad about losing Derek Ryan Leafs fans losing Zach Hyman is it's the same thing. This one's from L. This is a Toronto fan. I fucking love Zach Hyman. You could always count on him. I hope he gets paid and has all the success in the world. When do you ever say that about a guy who's leaving town? Uh, Scott Wheeler from The Athletic said, truly one of the nicest people in the sports. I've got to know him, his family, and his team over the last few years better than anyone else in the Leafs organization, and he's genuinely a decent guy. That matters. Rick was talking a little bit about good teammate. This apparently is one from Sportsnet reporter Luke Fox. Edmonton Oilers players, organizations, fans, and media getting a real gem in Zach Hyman. Toronto Maple Leafs will be hard pressed to become a better version of themselves without him. And of course, Steve Dangle, he's on Sportsnet as well, former editor at the Leafs Nation. Oilers fans, Zach Hyman is a gem, truly. The Leafs organization has adored him, held him up in stand. Upheld him up as a standard since he was in the HL. He's a smart, no-quit warrior, a penalty killer, capable net front guy, has scored at a 33-28 and 28 goal pace in each of his last two seasons. Guys, when you hear that kind of stuff from Toronto fans about our new boy, our new friend, Zach Hyman, what, is, what does it make you think, Dan? Well, I think it's, it's, it's awesome, and it's something that we've been missing for, for quite a while. Um, talking about top line guys and top flight guys with with personality and access outside of the game. Uh, Connor McDavid, we don't hear much from him in the off season except for when he's training. The uh, Andre Seidel, same thing. And don't don't I don't fault them for that. They're they're allowed their privacy. But for a guy like Zach Hyman, he's out there. He's working on his video games and his esports, and he's and he's obviously publishing books and stuff so so that's that's an element that this team hasn't had for a while since i would say ryan smith um and it's gonna be it's it's easy to like a kind of guy like that and it's easy to give that guy time to to find his place on this team uh because he's gonna be in the community and and engaging with the fans and and having fun so yeah it's it the off ice stuff is that's the intangibles that doesn't show up on a spreadsheet that everybody talks about all the time. And that kind of stuff matters. Ricky getting excited about Zach Hyman or what? I do. I really like the, I really like the player ratting. Although I am going to say though, um, all that stuff you just mentioned that I don't believe that'll take any of the heat off of him. If he has a slow start to the season, Um, if he has a slow start, uh, he'll definitely feel some, some, some heat on his feet, but I think he's used to that being in Toronto because things aren't going to be much different um, for here from there. So that he's used to that's fine. Uh, Yeah, no, I like the type of player. I, you feed off that type of a player, right? Um, you see a guy go in the corners, do what he does. Uh, 
it just gives everybody energy. It gives the whole building energy, gives the bench energy, gives the dressing room energy. Everybody feels it. Um, it's kind of like what you wanted, an element of that out of uh, Luch and a couple other guys throughout the time that, you know, you've, we need someone to bring that energy, you know, hopefully this, and it's ridiculous that I have to say it, but hopefully it sparks somebody like Cassie and that, you know, all of a sudden he's like, I don't have to be only one and it helps him get going. Um, yeah. And you know what? And it, and it pushes guys down the lineup again. And I think that's where we'll be better off when we have guys playing almost in a position where they're a little bit too good to be there. Um, the quality competition should be in our advantage and we let our best players do their thing. And when they're off the ice, uh, we can still handle our own. So no, I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. Seven I'm, years, I'm, scary, but it is what it is. We'll deal with that later. You know, yeah. here in the interim, I'm going to cheer on the guy who had a fucking Gretzky Warhol painting behind him in his yeah. presser. <laughs> if you're looking to make friends in your new fan base, that's the way to do it. I'll tell you. Dude, did you see what his other one was? I got Wanye right away. Yeah. Biggie. Oh, yeah. Like Wanye, this, he's, he's swooning right now. I wonder what kind of, so on real life, we were talking about what jersey number is he going to wear? He was, so we were talking about it. He's been number 11 everywhere. Michigan the Marlies, the Leafs. What is he going to wear? I was thinking like a 22, a 22 maybe? Just a Tyson Berry wears yeah. number 22. Ooh. Also, also his company is named, uh, what, what is it? Was E11 Gaming. So, yeah. so there's an element of 11 there as well. It's hard to get away from. Hey, uh, Moose. You mind uh, you mind letting the boy borrow the jersey for a couple of years or what? He's only well, got I a mean, contract. Don't, Taylor don't Hall, do we? it. I'm just kidding. It would never yeah. happen. And by the way, if you want to, if you want to turn I, the fan base against you, that's what you do. That's what I you don't do even want Messier calling them and saying, "Hey, listen, you can go ahead and do it." I think that it just adds too much bullshit to it. I mean, Pooley RV at 98 got fucking heat for 98. Which get out ridiculous. of there. Grab. I know. Get 30 something. Who gives a shit? It's a number on your jersey. Figure it out. It's not that big of a deal. Do, do we have a, this is, a 92 on the team? He was born in 92. This is Ooh, the Peter Ned. Uh, no, Nedved is 93. Nedved is 93, yeah. Okay. Uh, I was like, who's number 92? That's Landeskog, I believe, is 92 in, in Colorado. But um, now's the time, I think, for the NHL to allow three digit numbers on the back of jersey so he can go 111. I would buy a 111 jersey. I Nobody's said, careful. Complain about that. Careful, careful, careful. You did this already, bag milk. You opened your mouth about buying jerseys once and you've got a whole <laughs> list of them to buy. Don't say I you, buy 111 jerseys. Something's going to go wrong. You're going to create a t-shirt to push it. And next thing you know, <laughs> in 2025, you're going to go buy 111 jerseys. No, 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 no. You better hope those stonks go through the roof. Not 111 jerseys if his number was 111. Oh, you'll go buy 111 jerseys. Oh, I, okay. Can I, can I just talk about the Nugent Hopkins jersey thing for a second? I never would have imagined how much fucking trouble I'm having buying three Ryan Nugent Hopkins jerseys. I've been in touch with several retailers around the city because I want to shop local. I could do it somewhere else, but I'm going to do it here. I can't Pro-Am? get all three. It's, it's like, can't do that for you. They can't get the, the reverse retro is basically like it's. Oh, oh wow. yeah. The reverse retro is almost it's yeah. They had X amount for so many distributors. And once they went through them, um for the uh, yeah for the reverse you may have to just go i would go to fanatics man i don't know if they're still there but that's where i'd go for that so i can't get that one i already have an orange one and they didn't have uh they had to order some other ones because they didn't have it in my size 
and uh, uh, United Cycle, they're ready to help. But again, it was the same thing. They had to order some. They just, so the fact that I, I'm still good for it. I've got the money for it. I'm ready to do it. If you are a retailer right now and you want to sell me three Ryan Nugent Hopkins jerseys, I will buy them. I promise you. I wear a medium. I will buy them. This isn't a bet where I'm going to like go back on the bet. I promise. You know, I was going to mention, sorry. Um, go ahead. If Zach Hyman wants to be different, he uh, he wears number zero. That'd be I'd wear zero? Only one player has ever won uh, zero, apparently. Uh, it was from the Hartford uh, Whalers, 87-88 season. Uh, Neil Sheehy. Sheehy. Oh, Neil Sheehy. Yeah. Sheehy, yeah. So maybe, won- uh, maybe Zach Hyman uh, borrows Joaquin Gage's number one, you know? You don't often see skaters That's wear true. number one. I'd like to see be that. Different. Switch it up a little bit. Be different. I like it. Uh, I and so. they'll sell, they'll sell jerseys too. So, if you're just to get, if you're gonna guess, because obviously you can't wear Messier's jersey, he's not gonna wear number eleven. Let's just throw it out. What number is Zach Hyman gonna? We're gonna take our way too po- early pointless guesses on his jersey number. What is he wearing? Thirty-four. Fernando, nice. Dan, ten. ten. Do we have a ten right now? Mm, we don't do we? no it was no he just went he just he just traveled across the ocean Nigard, i believe was their last number 10 all right i can uh, see 10 yeah one off sean horkoff or two uh, i'll go uh i'll go 92 because he was born that year and a lot of players do that he's not gonna do it but joaquin gage is number one is what you do that's the number that's the play or uh let me think here hmm. can't wear number two because i imagine bouchard's gonna wear number two eventually you know, oh, maybe dude. to Bob. Yo, what? Wait, the the left-handed defense me just brought up from Chicago. What number does he wear? No one's wearing. Oh two. shit! Yeah, he wears number two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Dad, you're not getting two until he he leaves and he's around for a couple oh, of years. Well, see, but traditionally it goes to the older person. So, Rick, I don't know if you're right. Yeah, that is true. Evan Bouchard <laughs> did turn 46 this past. Right, now we got to so. compare. Now we got to compare birth certificates. Oh goodness gracious! So. I don't know. I'm curious to see what kind of what numbers that comedy wears. I, I think 10's probably right. I think he's just gonna go one less. I also liked Waz's idea of 22. You just double it with Tyson Berry's back of 22. So who knows? Either way, I'm looking forward to it. Zach Hyman announced the number. Sorry, you can't have 11. 61. You go the Rick Nash, <laughs> the Nazi, the Corey Stillman, depending how far back you want to go. Just because of 69. Off you just gotta do it. Nice. We went through the history of players wearing 69 in the NHL yesterday on Real Life, and it's only been worn a couple of times, and it was mostly during the preseason. He'd be so, the greatest 69 <laughs> of all time, is what you're saying. Yes. He'd be the nicest. Yes. Nice. nice. Could you imagine? Like, I wonder, like, is it, an, it's got to be an unwritten thing. Okay. Like, don't wear 69. Like, it's not football. Zach Hyman. Dude, what member was Hosang wearing? It has to be. Josh Hosang. Yeah. He's wearing Lemieux. He went Lemieux. Oh, he's wearing Lemieux. Yeah. That's right. Because that guy loves to be a lightning rod. Yeah, like if you're gonna draw attention to yourself, uh, or I mean, wear whatever the fuck you want. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Really but like, like, but that's the thing. And I guess he did that knowing what he was gonna do. But I just, I, I feel for that for that guy because he just gets. You no, know I'm cheering for so him. He's got a PTO in Toronto this year. I'm cheering 100%. for him. Josh Hosang, go get it, buddy. Who knows if you'll make it, but go get. it. I'm cheering for you. Why not? Gives a shit. Uh, back to the podcast here. Elliot Friedman. He's he's thinking out loud on Darnell Nurse's contract. We know they're talking about an extension already. 
the rumor was four years. Pissed a lot of Weathers fans off because that takes him to the end of McDavid's contract, but whatever. So last night, Zach Wierenski signed a six-year extension with Columbus at 9.58. I tweeted, Brink's truck spotted on the way to Darnell Nurse's house. And a lot of people got mad at me for it as if I'm not right. Now, Darnell Nurse at 9 million bucks. You think it's going to happen, boys? Because it just seems like with what everybody else got paid this year, that's where it's going. Unless he gives us some sort of little discount, it's going to be north of 800%. So unless he's like, I don't want to be paid more than Leon, which I'm sure even Leon would slap him for it. Um, it has to. I just, yeah, there's no way around it with all these guys getting it. And they're getting the contract this year, right? We're not yeah, talking Carlson from a billion yep. years ago. We're not yep. talking PK from whenever. We're talking guys from this year. And uh, yeah, Wierenski, I don't know where he fit into the Norris tri- into the Norris talk, but I don't know if it was ahead of, uh, ahead of Darnell this year. So like Wierenski is a big ticket. And I believe with Columbus, he's got just like Darnell. He's got one year left before this extension kicks in. Waz, if you're thinking about Daryl, where's his contract coming in? It's got to be close to pushing nine, if not over, right? Yeah, I'd probably say around nine or just a bit over. I, I find that it's a pretty common theme where, you know, like with Kale McCarr, they see a, a number around that number and they're like, oh, that's where Darnell should be. They, they put up similar numbers, I guess, and offensively, but I'll go with nine million. Dan? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, the McCarr, the McCarr thing and the Wierenski thing are two are two different just because of the RFA years that Colorado bought with that contract. And McCarr is just so fucking good. And he yeah. is, he's just good. But, but yeah, the Wierenski thing, it, it's 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 such a funny thing to think that in negotiations, an agent can be like, hey, this idiot paid for this, so you should be an idiot too. And it's market price, man. Yeah, I know, but that's everything uh, goes like that. I know that's the way the business goes, and that's where people that that were screaming for him not to get a bridge deal last time are going to be proven right. Uh, you know, as the value of money and the value of the market goes up. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's probably going to be right around that that nine number, which is just smoke. As a we so need a we need the we need the uh, the salary cap to start going up here, boys. You yeah. got us another five six million. I think we're okay for a little bit, but uh, yeah, because basically what's going to happen. Going. Basically, what's going to happen is Miko's deal comes Three. off the books and it just goes straight to Darnell's paycheck. Well, that means you got a goal. You better hope uh, Konovalov or someone's ready to roll the net. Yep. Because you're going to need a cheap goaltender. I know. Does Cassian come off this one or no? No, you still got you still got a bit to go. So you got to get out of him, <laughs> and then his money turns around and goes right to Pooley Harvey. Yep. You yep. know, I know, I know uh, what uh, Russell comes off, but again, hopefully that's uh, Broberg or Samarukov there. Like we're gonna need some some cheap deals here. Need some um, cheap deals. If we can get if we we they're all got to be on the phone with Batman. They gotta convince them. Let's jack up the uh, the salary cap next year, boys. We need some help. Was I'll tell you, long gone are the days of the twenty five cent highball. You know, those days are gone. <laughs> if we're talking about an NHL. Oh, buddy, twenty five cent highball would... draft. A whole trade. Would... Just give me a trade, please. You would slap down five bucks and just get gooned. I can't oh imagine God. why the government thought that was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Two dollar yeah. drinks in, in Halifax. Did you know Dan was from Halifax? Yeah. I heard I was a I was a bouncer around the two dollar drinks. It was oh, a wow. nightmare. I remember Did going to I remember going to Union Hall. I was probably like 19-ish. And it would go eight to nine was 25 cents, nine to ten was 50 cents, and anything over 10 was a dollar. And you'd be like, a oh, dollar? 
Get the fuck out of here. Just disgusted. <laughs> I only I walked, to... I only came to the bar with a fresh 20. What's going on? It's like when I went to Beer Cage for the first time, they had two dollar beers. Like, oh my god, it's so cheap. Yeah. Yeah, but they're like eight ounces. <laughs> you gotta go to stuff. uh what you really need is you need to get a CVS. Well, this is what I'm pushing for. The pandemic last year and a half has been horrible. We need to get to a point where we can walk down the street with a cocktail. I came up with the idea of cocktail trucks the other day. We need to be able to walk around with a boozy Slurpee. That's the only way to do it. I love being in boozy. Vegas and having a tall... Nobody's, nobody's stopping you with a boozy Slurpee for their well, that's true. That's true. That's my 7-Eleven margarita is a boozy Slurpee. No? Delicious. Delicious. Dan, like, oh. as, as if you wouldn't love walking down Jasper with a cocktail. Allegedly. Allegedly, I no, <laughs> allegedly, I poured booze in my Slurpee. Yeah, Waz made me do it. Okay, so Darnell Nurse, I didn't see anything. he gonna get paid, son. He gonna get paid. You know who else got paid? Ovi, five year extension, nine point five million dollars for a guy who is thirty six, I believe. Let me check. Here. That five years was surprising in the fact that he's willing to like stick it out that long i didn't like he's yep. ob- there's one reason he signed that he's a freak and, and we're gonna talk eight, about it 894 that's the only reason he's signing this thing for sure so ovi ta ovi turns 36 in september um and like rick said the reason he signed the five-year deal is to try and catch gretzky so right now ovechkin is 164 goals behind wayne gretzky five years you know that's 30 and some that's 30 some a year if anybody can do it, it's probably him. And I'll tell you one thing. He would be a lot closer right now had it not been for how many lockouts has he played for through two plus COVID, COVID yeah. shortages plus, plus, plus. So if anybody can do it, it's probably Ovi. Like, do you guys think that if not catch Wayne, he'll be right there by the time this is all over and done with provided that he's healthy, of course. Yeah. He's going to be super close. I think it might be a little bit of bias in me saying, I don't think he can get there. Um, still, you know what? That many goals at that age is—it's silly. Um, if anyone can do it, it's him. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hope he doesn't get there, but uh, yeah, it's crazy what he's doing, man. I think I think he does it. Looking at like, so last year, obviously a shortened season, he still had 24 goals. The year before that, 48. The year before that, 51. The year before that, 49. The guy fucking fills the net. Dan, do you think Ovi catches Wayne Gretzky? No. I just I don't I just you know the guy I think that you're right Begmog all the things that you listed before are, are barriers to that level or else he would have gone there and I I've said it for a long time Ovechkin Alex Ovechkin is is the greatest goal scorer of of this generation of players and he's a tank it's it's, it's unbelievable it's unreal but inevitably the regression will come at some point and it's, he's going to be close. He's going to be close. He's, he's going to be super close, but I think the next player that you see get this close to, to Gretzky's record is probably going to have cybernetic implants. I was going to say, I don't know who you're coming up with here for a name because I don't know. There's somebody in power. A defenseman. That's interesting. (laughs) Man, that'll be a hell of a run by Owen Power. Good for you. Waz, get your buttons ready. By Waz, I mean, Dan, get your mouth buttons ready. It is time it. for the Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. If you head over to DeuceVodka.com, there's a store locator right on the right-hand side of the screen. If you click that there button, it'll give you all of your options. 
go get yourself a bottle of Deuce Vodka. I personally am a fan of Caesar Sundays. I love a Deuce Vodka Caesar. Feels nice. Maybe I'll do a little salad bar in there. Some celery, pickled bean. Lovely. Was you a Caesar guy? A little, oh, kind of. Yeah, I don't mind them. They're tasty. See, new producer is already better than Tyler. At least he's tried oh, yeah. a Caesar. Mm-hmm. Maybe a pepperoni stick. Oh. Uh, although I'm weird. I, I prefer them without alcohol, but in this case, I'll take a deuce vodka with it. You're going for the Virgin Caesars, eh? I, I like them. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a weird guy. So, Although I'd like to try the blueberry deuce vodka. I saw that. It looked very tasty. I'll take that. Well, as my mind up my cold performer here with this Caesar take with the Virgin Caesars. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Because <laughs> I don't know how you're going to fit in with Rick and I sitting at the airport Chili's at 7 a.m. Pounding oh, okay. double Caesars. Oh, I can't wait, wait for one of those. So, is is a virgin Caesar not just a glass of clamato juice? Yeah, with, with a little spice, spice in it. With all the, all yeah, the I love it. I don't all know. The there. All the fixings are there. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. It's like a I meal, it needs a little meal cut. glass. Needs a little. It but if you do it, if you do it, it properly, if you do it properly, you pretty much can't taste the vodka anyway. So so you maybe have like, like these maybe are good, I just fantastic. I probably had, yeah. and then your body is like very good. You gotta have the vodka there, though. You have to at least one shot. Preferably, doing, I'll have to try. I'll have to try more than he's doing one shots of, of vodka. Yeah. He's doing shots of vodka on the side. He's like, screw this. I'm putting these things back by themselves. Yeah. Well, I'm Polish, so it's like my... you know. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. I saw you sipping something out of a cognac snifter, and I, <laughs> I gained a thousand well, points of respect I know. for you. Well, the thing is, I'm Polish, and like we don't really care what we drink out of it. This I, exactly. Thing, so. Anything <laughs> is a cup. If you don't even have properly. cognac in my house, we have like brandy and whatnot. So we, yeah. <laughs> it's better than the time Waz was just lapping it up out of his hand. You know, he's just like, at yeah. least he put it in a glass this time. <laughs> All right. Deuce Vodka, how's that for a plug? Go to deucevodka.com. <laughs> Use the store locator, find a bottle, drink responsibly, provided that you are of legal drinking age. And for the love of Gord, somebody get Waz a Caesar with some vodka in it. Goodness. They'll take one right that now. deuce. We are starting with our veggies, as we always do, boys. Looking at the last... Well, I mean, we were here on Wednesday. Looking at the last couple of days of our lives, you can go back further than that if you like. The negative side. Waz, I'm starting with you. Filling in admirably as the producer of Oilers Nation Radio, your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week or the last two days or whatever you're feeling. Well, I'm sad that I won't be the producer again because it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed this time. So thank you, Tyler. But um, I will go down to the fact that uh, Ken Holland did not acquire a goalie so far. That made me sad. I really wanted you know Darcy Kemper uh, at least. I was even bold enough to say, hey, maybe we should have went for uh, Brayden Holpe because he went for pretty cheap, but I know his numbers are pretty bad right now. But I'll go with the fact that Ken Holland did not acquire a goalie so far. Oh, that's cold. You know what? I saw on Instagram, people like my mouth buttons. So I might just keep doing it. Dan, you're next up. He's like a cold form of the week. Well, I'm going to give it to two teams in the NHL. They both start with a C. It's the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche, because you drove up the price of goaltenders in the market. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, because you went AWOL and gave Zach entirely too much money and drove up the price of defensemen for us. So, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Colorado Avalanche, you're my Deuce Vodka, Cold Performer of the Week. Burr! 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 Nice. Burr! Thank you. Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, Cold Performer of the Week. I don't know if it's a person per se, uh, more of a situation. And they, uh, it always hurts your heart to see them go. But the fact that uh, 
the fact that the hammer is leaving town. Yep. Seeing JJ, you know what? Yep. Uh, he, he's he's been so good here for so long, done so many good things. I would love to see him as our 13, 14, 12, somewhere in there and have yep. some extra success on this team. Um, but it's a business. I get it. Uh, it sucks. I guess we'll see when Chicago comes to town. So the fact JJ is no longer an oiler, that, uh, that's the cold performer of the week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Chicago got themselves a good player, a good teammate, a hell of a penalty killer, and a tripod that your entire fan base will get behind. I promise you. You guys treat JJ well because we loved him around here. We need you to love him too. We need you to love him too. Uh, wrapping things up, Dan, you're on button duty this time. My cold performer of the week is Tyler Uremchuk's holiday. All I can see on his Twitter is nothing about a holiday, but everything about sports. And I got to say, if I'm Tyler's family and or his girlfriend, this must have been the most annoying holiday ever to go on with him because he was calling into his radio show that he works on. He was calling into podcasts. He was not enjoying his holiday at all. I'll tell you one thing. When I check out, I check the fuck out. Well, Tyler true. did not do that. So Tyler Uremchuk, your holiday is my cold performer of the week. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Wow. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Good for you, Dan. Thanks. Thanks. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. The delivery was excellent. All right, flipping the ledger. Let's end off this year podcast with some positives, some good news, some good vibes heading into the long weekend. I'm going to start with Rick. Rick, you're first up. Deuce Faka, hop from the week. Uh, you know what? It's going to go to a couple individuals then. Um, we're just going to flat out give it to the Team Canada national female swim team. I don't know who's been Holy. watching the Olympics. It Man. was a little bit, you know, a little slow to start. Then all of a sudden you start to get into a, into a groove of when it's on. You start getting caught up in some of these things. Watching their, their swim meets. Uh, you get from the heats to the semis to the finals. Um, it's been incredible. It's been fun. It's We've been around long enough back in to remember, you know, if we made the semifinals, it was something good. Yep. Um, if we were if, even in, in the heats, it was something cool. And, you know, usually we wouldn't come out of that. So we've seen the progression from relatively minuscule country into winning medals and and challenging for gold. So it's uh, it's something cool. And the fact that it's been all women so far, I think that's just really neat. I don't look into it uh, too much. It's just a weird coincidence. So, hey, let's just give a thumbs up to all those Olympic athletes. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I love the Olympics. I've been watching it all day. My problem is, like, right now, this isn't live right now, right? No. No. You're watching the soccer game? I don't know what I'm watching right now. Just went to commercial. Right. But, like, it's just oh. it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's watching different sports you wouldn't watch. I don't watch swimming. But you know what? If Penny's up for a medal, I'm watching swimming. I love it. I think the ladies are doing great. I was watching rowing last night, I guess. The, the, eights, the, the eights. The eights, and they won the gold. Seeing the ladies and then they chuck the the one into the, the lake or whatever. For, uh, <laughs> it's a tradition. I don't know what's going on, but I like it. I'm all about it. Love me the Olympics. Uh, Nation Dan, you're next up. Deuce Valka, hop from the week. Uh, yeah, and Rick, just to tag on to that, Penny, Penny Alexiak is going to go down as one of the greatest Olympians of in Canadian history. She's incredible. When, when things are all said and done mm -hmm. with her career, only 20 years she's old. She's 21. Right <laughs> or, yeah, like it's, it's unbelievable. It's, I feel like she's, she's been a household name for uh, forever already, right? Yeah. 
Amazing. 21. 20. I'm gonna Jesus. I'm gonna shift a little bit. Same same topic as the Olympics, uh, but I'm gonna give my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week to Hidilin Diaz, who won the first ever gold medal in Philippines history. Oh, yeah, wow. that's that's, that's, that's an unbelievable feat for anybody to to achieve. You know, to just to, just to think that you took your entire country's Olympic program up a next level yep. by winning the first ever gold medal for your country. So to hit Dylan Diaz, uh, weightlifting, I don't know oh, which wow. discipline, I don't know what discipline it yeah, was specifically, but, but yeah, weightlifting for sure. Uh, so you hit Dylan Diaz, you are my deuce vodka hot performer of the week. Oh, that's hot. I don't remember what our other hot buttons were. Damn <laughs> Harvey boys wheels <laughs> up. Ski skr. All right. Well, as your next up deuce vodka hot performer of the week. Well, I'm going to go with a similar theme here, Olympics, but also just uh, my hot performer of the week is the Canadian soccer program as a whole. Our women's are going to the semifinal oh. of the Olympics, and our men's team unfortunately lost to Mexico in the Gold Cup semifinal, which uh, we played really well that match. I was impressed by us. I think this is like Canada's golden generation of soccer. Missing our right three now. best players. That's Missing also our three true. best players. Yeah. So we played Why, really where well. Why are they? Playing for like club teams hurt. or something? No, no they're injured. Ah. Yeah, so um, I think if we had Alfonso Davies and a few others, we probably would have beat the Mexicans. But unfortunately, we lost sure. in like the 120th whatever minute. Oh. And it was a very feisty game. It was great. There was a couple of brawls uh, breaking out on the pitch. It, it was it was awesome. So I'm sad they yep. got knocked out, but I will give them my love because they've been playing fantastic. He's a hot guy! Oh, we were going to say the same time. Nice. Uh, Waz, follow-up question. Yeah. How close is Canada? Like the women obviously are going through. We saw that uh, one in one in penalty kicks. I, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yep. How how far are the men, the men like the the Canadian men from competing in the Olympics? Like I have no idea. The Olympics, uh, they actually not so because it was men's is kind of different than women's because I think you have to qualify through like under twenty ones for the Olympics is weird. So when we were yeah. trying to qualify, we lost to Mexico. But for the World Cup, Canada's men's national team actually has a pretty good chance. I th think they can finish third in their group. So uh, 2022, Canada at the actual the men's FIFA World Cup, that'd be huge. Hmm. We have a really good team. And they get they get an automatic invite in 26, right? Yeah, yeah. And that could be an, actually a really good team come 26. Mm -hmm. Having Waz in the team is going to teach me about soccer. Yeah, that's great. I'm looking forward to it. I like when they kick the ball around. <laughs> uh, okay, my hot performer of the week, my Dizvaka hot performer of the week is Waz. I'm going to give you some love, buddy. You had to piece together a three-piece podcast on Wednesday because we didn't have the foresight of upgrading your Zoom account until today. You did a great job today. I'm going to edit the podcast, get it up in a timely fashion. Did a great job filling in for Tyler. So my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is Young Waz. Thank you. If you don't know him, he's everywhere. He's on Instagram. He's on TikTok. We've been talking about some stuff for the new season. So you're going to see more Waz. Yeah. You're my Hot Performer of the Week, sir. Maybe at this rate, I'll just start my own podcast. You should. Be a fun we time. talked about it. We did talk about it. Waz could have a podcast. Maybe. Big things are coming. Teasing you. Dan, I need a button. Hot, 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 hot. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's, All yes. right. That is absolutely it. That should be uh, saved. That should be saved. I could clip uh, that. 
you know what? We're going to get some new buttons, I think. If you have suggestions for the hot and cold buttons for when Tyler gets back. I think back, Tyler, has, the button Tyler has new ones. He just didn't break them out last time, and then he's been gone, I believe. Can I suggest one? Yes. Can we get the uh, the Kool-Aid guy saying, oh, yeah? That is good. Uh, I, I don't that. think that's copyrighted or anything, but I'll just take it. Because I'm also going to be adding Nelly hot and her to the to the button bar. How could we not? <laughs> hot and so hot and her. Couple of things before we wrap up. The Oilers PR team has won the 2021 Dick Dillman Award for PR excellence. Uh, that was courtesy of Frank Saravalli. Uh, another thing I want to talk about really quickly is Dan. You brought up the summer of rage. Are Oilers fans? Are we more angry than gener- in general? this summer than we have been recently is that a thing or am i just kind of muting people because i'm just like man it's it's july i don't want to deal with with this right now i i have a take and i i actually just thought about it while we were recording the podcast as the edmonton oilers get better we don't have to worry about calgary flames fans talking about how much better they are than us we don't have to worry about winnipeg jets fans or vancouver canucks fans or anything like that and so I think we've started to look inwards for our battle foes. And so we're seeing quite the little civil war going on here between Oilers fans, because mm-hmm. we, I think that, I think we could all admit that, that Oilers fans are the only people that we allow to make fun of the Edmonton Oilers. And, and so therefore now the battle is on between each other. And this is a summer where Ken Holland has drawn a line in the sand and said, you know what? Whatever you think of this team, it's not your team. It's my team. And this is the way that we're going forward. And yeah. it's either he's either signed a Stanley Cup contender or a death warrant. And we'll see what happens. Rick, you've been around 100 years. We've seen a lot of bad teams in our day as an Oilers fan. Are we angrier than normal this summer? I think people in society are angrier than normal. Um, you see them yell to the top of their lungs about absolutely anything everywhere. So uh, we'll, we'll start it right there. But yeah, there's just some people mm-hmm. that they feel like the, the whole analytics to the eye test from the hockey person to whatever the back and forth. It's ridiculous. Um, when you're entrenched on either side, you're all about one side and 100% against the other side. So it's absolutely ridiculous. And they're usually the most vocal. So unfortunately, to sit there and you want to go on Twitter and find some just like flipping through the morning paper. Well, unfortunately, you're stuck having to go through people that you followed for, for good information, just going absolutely nuts yeah. about something that happened three, four weeks ago, and they blow this out of proportion. They put this spin on it. They, it's ridiculous. I don't really understand it. But, yeah, I think it's more about all of society rather than just Oilers fans. We honestly, as Oilers fans, should be calming down because we are in a spot we've wanted to be in for Thank decades you. We should be honestly happy we are where we are. And uh, I'm not saying you can't criticize, but you don't need to be jumping off Mm -hmm. the bridge. You don't need to be going as far as some people do. We've wanted this for a long time. We're here. Let's sit back and enjoy this because we know damn well that uh, we could come in game seven this year and not get a sniff of it again for 11 years. So, man, I'm I'm happy where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, let's just sit back and enjoy some of this, please. Yeah, I'll just Uh, add on to that. Sorry. Uh, Bag milk. <laughs> flag yourself. Yeah, flag that. Flag yourself. I'll, I'll, I can censor that. How about that? That's a, a little yeah. beep in there. Yeah, but um, no, I'll just add on to that because I went, you know, throughout my whole schooling without only one Oilers playoff run. 
So the fact that we can just make the playoffs consistently, I'm happy with that. And I think this is the best, you know, we've had a lot of worse teams in this city. So I'm confident this team will make the playoffs again. And yeah, I don't like, like I said, uh, last, uh, throughout my schooling, third grade, only time I experienced, uh, <laughs> always playoff run. So, well, was wait, ter- wait, wait, just for the record, third grade, that was the 2005 part, right? Yeah. 2005, 2006. All right. Year after my graduation year. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I was 21. I was at White Ave yeah, watching the pallet fires. <laughs> I was 25, yeah, no, and we, I don't we, remember we, where we, I was. We started riots in the uh, schoolyard instead. Yeah, you guys did a walkout <laughs> at recess. That, that actually played, happened. Played push-off. But they ran, huh? but they ran right back yeah. in as soon as that bell went, though. Oh, of yeah, course. Kids of were getting course. beat up. It was wild. So, <laughs> when You supported the Detroit Red Wings. You're getting your ass kicked. Yep. Yep. You got to play a little red. Oh, was you play red ass at school? Is that a thing I that you think kids I remember did? that. Yeah. Probably called red butt by the time we got to. You. Yes. There you go. Yeah. There was a lot of painful games back then. There's, there's just something about whipping a tennis ball at somebody against a brick wall, you know, no, we just dodge just something about it. somebody breaks out the, uh, the lacrosse ball. Well, they've, they've just got an evil Christmas spirit. That's, yeah, what that's true. All right. So from Sherwood Ford, Bixler's Jewelers, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Vodka, I want to say thank you for listening to episode 151 of Oilers Nation Radio. I'm Bag Milk with, with Rick and Dan and Waz, and we're going to end off this podcast in a little bit differently. Waz, you filled in, you produced. I'm going to let you wrap up this week's podcast with a message of hope for angry Oilers fans. How oh, would you wow. calm them down as we move into August and into the long weekend? I would just say stop being angry. As simple as that. Don't stress over it. You can't you can't control the team. It's out of your control. Just let it happen. Just just enjoy the wins. You know, there's gonna be losses. We're not gonna go 82 and 0. And if we make the playoffs, you. hey, I mean if we go to 82 and 0, I'm not I'm not gonna be angry, obviously. <laughs> but so someone will be angry, honestly. Someone's gonna be, you know, if we even win, win the cup, there'll be complaints. But honestly, just don't stress over it too much. Just uh enjoy the fact that we have some of the two best players in the NHL. And yeah, just just don't stress. Simple as that. Well, there's Nation Radio episode 151. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Shout out Ken Holland. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.